On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Jamie Watson about why profitability is king and how you can sell your company. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is a person who I've wanted to have on the show for quite some time. She's a great financial mind in our industry. Her name's Jamie Watson. She's a partner of Certified Marketing Consultants. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Let's do this. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've seen you speak a couple different times at a couple different events, and it's, you know, obviously, I think with any entrepreneur, um, you know, understanding the finances of their business is something that, you know, you all, always want to understand better. So um, right. one of the services that you guys offer is you help companies sort of determine their their value for sale. Uh, right. So what are some basic ways like entrepreneurs, regardless of industry, but certainly in, in our industry, what are some ways entrepreneurs can determine what their company should be worth? Right. That's a good question. Um, so value revolves around profitability. Hmm. So value revolves around what are your earnings? Just like anything else, when somebody when somebody buys a company and we base value off of what does the company actually sell for? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so when somebody's looking to buy a company, they're looking to earn a return on that company. Right. So that's it. I mean, there might be other reasons that they're buying it, but the, the chief reason is to make money. <laughs> and so profitability is the number one thing that they're looking for. Um, so there are different multiples across different industries, but um, what I would say is, and, and, and I'm a DIYer at heart, trust me. Okay. <laughs> I love to DIY, but something as big as this deserves um, something a little bit more thoughtful from somebody that does this for a living. Mm. And then from there, once you can see kind of what the multiples are in your industry, then you can maybe start to apply some of those on maybe an annual basis and definitely doing some gut checks on whether the market conditions are, have changed and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, I would say, and there's also, I'm talking about all the quantitative factors, but there's also qualitative factors about your company. Um, is it, do you have a diversified customer base or mm -hmm. there's some different things in there that won't just shake out in the numbers that you might not know about unless you actually go do a formal valuation with somebody. Yeah. It, it, and again, I'm going off script, but I think it's one of those things where, the profitability is the key piece. I think so many mm -hmm. times um, I've seen this where businesses are trying to make their tax liabilities as little as possible. And right. that makes sense until you sure. want to sell your company uh, because obviously, you know, you want it to be a profitable company. That's why they'd want to buy it. So right. um, that being a number one sort of basic thing makes a ton of sense. Right. And it's okay if you run certain things through the company. What's really important is that you keep accurate record of those. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, those can be when we do valuations, we normalize that sort of thing out all the time. Almost every single valuation has some element of normalization. And that's what we call it. So, mm. but I mean, I can't stress enough in this Shark Tank world that <laughs> <laughs> that you can't just watch an episode of Shark Tank and think, oh, well, they can get that much for their, their company. So, so can I. Right. Um, that's, it's just uh, those rules of thumb or those, you know, conversations you have over a drink with a buddy. 
um, they're not a good way to determine value for your company. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So you also work with companies sort of just to make the financial stuff make sense. I mean, for people like me, I'm a sales guy. Right. So sometimes that's not my strength. I've gotten better at it, but it's, you know, it's not where I, it's not what I want to do on a Saturday night, it's, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it, oh, I, I love doing that. Just, no. <laughs> That's fair. So, but what are some common mistakes you see people making on the financial side of, of a business? Um, I, this, this question is easy. The number one mistake people make is not understanding the importance of good record keeping and, mm. and monthly financial statements. It is so common um, people think, well, you know, that's not really my thing, so I don't really need to do it and mm -hmm. things will just work out somehow. <laughs> and that's just not true. I mean, especially if you plan on selling your company someday, a buyer's going to ask for that. And I know people don't think financial statements are awesome, but they really are. They're your opportunity to brag about what you've done in your company financially. I mean, right. that's going to show a buyer you, you might have some great clients, you might have some big name clients, but are you making money off of those clients? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's 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 the number one thing is keeping accurate financial statements. I know that's kind of boring, but no, it's true. That's though. It. Um, I heard somebody yeah. say once recently that they said, if you don't know the numbers of your business, then you don't have a business. You have a hobby. Yes, I've heard that, too. <laughs> I've heard that, too. And it's OK to not make money at a hobby because you're doing it for fun. And although we like to say we all love our jobs, they're still jobs and they're still there to create income. So that's a good that's a good point. Um yeah. Another one, and this kind of goes along with the financial statements, is not setting the right financial goals. We're a very sales-minded industry, which is great and really good at being sales-minded. But beyond the sale, there's also um, the gross profit number, which is really important. And then the profitability and controlling those overhead expenses. Um, you know, just setting goals other than just sales. That, that, that's that's important. and. Um, the very last one I would say, and, and maybe you can shed some light on this, but no one takes deposits with their orders and people struggle hmm. with cash flow because they're financing orders for their customers. And what I don't understand is these products have people's names on them. Like they're, you know, they're not going to be sold to anybody else. And I think if you told that story to a customer, they'd say, well, that makes sense. A deposit half or whatever that sure. I get the impression that the the problem is the ask. Sure. You know, I mean, maybe other people aren't doing it, so you don't want to mm -hmm. shy away from doing it. But I, I don't know. I'd have to think that as a customer, I would respect that ask. Sure. Well, I think you're seeing it in other areas. I would I would say, Jamie, it's it's something I struggle with. Um, I think the the industry standard has not necessarily been to be like that. That being said, all the e-commerce that everybody's afraid of. Of course, you're giving your credit card for those. Right. So I think that it is a place where I'm getting more comfortable with that. But it's still mm -hmm. it's still a place where I'm like, I love the idea of giving somebody an invoice after they're excited. Sure. <laughs> um, so but it's a thing I struggle with for sure. But yeah. I, I do understand because when you say it. You're like intellectually, yeah, totally makes sense. I should get it deposit. Right, but then, but it's a, it's a habit, you yeah. know, just mm -hmm. like anything else. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. So, final question for you. So, on the other side, what are some simple things someone can do to make their company more attractive to sell? We've talked about mistakes, but so what are some good things sure. that you could do? Um, so beyond just the profitability, which we've already spoken about, and the accurate record keeping, which we've already spoken about, I'll go beyond that so I don't have to talk about that again. But um, I would say 
diversity of your customer base. And I don't mean necessarily just from industry to industry, but I mean, I've seen a lot of companies with a concentration of sales in 50% in one customer because that's how they got started. Maybe, you know, they started with that one customer and then they've kind of added on. And I'm not saying to stop doing business with that one customer. I'm just saying, have a strong acquisition, a strong customer acquisition strategy. Right. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't even know what I'm talking about when I say customer acquisition strategy. So, yeah. um, you know, try and diversify and have a strong customer acquisition strategy. Um, I would say margins are really important beyond just the profitability on the bottom line. Those margins are really important and you can't outsell bad margins. So if you're selling it, you know, if you're out selling at 25%, your costs are going to catch up to you. Just don't think you can, I mean, you can take a big order to low, low margin sometimes. Just don't make, you know, make your goal something other than that. 35% is the industry average. So that's cool. It gives, you something, gives you something to shoot for. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. And I think, you know, it's what I think is always interesting about financial conversations is that I find that. this is, as I said, sort of my weakness. But when I have these conversations, I'm like, okay, I'm not doing that very well, but this I'm doing pretty well. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of good to have these conversations to just do, have a little report card. Um, And so I appreciate you uh, answering these three questions. Did you, do you have a question for me? I do. (laughs) I do. Um, I'm not a big person on like regret or whatever, but Mm -hmm. if there was one thing that you could go back and tell your self when you started how long have you been in the industry a long time that's uh, not my question yeah 15 <laughs> yeah okay thanks for watching uh, no. uh probably 15 years 15 okay so, so if you could go back and tell yourself to do one thing different 15 years ago what, what would that be you know it, it, it's funny because uh finance is exactly what it is. So, you know, I came from a sales background. And so it was exactly this. I mean, if I'm having mm-hmm. financial problems of any kind, I can outsell that. I can get out and, and hustle sure. it, right? Um, I think that one of the things, and because I had some track record for success, uh, banks are willing to lend you money, whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I took out some line of credit um, that I think a line of credit's important thing to have in your back pocket, mm-hmm. but I would have done a lot less of that. And the moment yeah. I was tapping into it, that, that should have sounded financial alarms with me that I was like, Oh no, that's just what everybody does. And then you dig yourself a hole that you have to dig yourself back out of that way. Like, you know, uh, current me would have definitely slapped past me across the face on that and said, Hey, like th- these are, these are, signals that are, um, that things are out of whack because the reality right. of it is we are running a much bigger company now without tapping into it at all. So it can be done. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, so no, that's my biggest I, mistake. I, I agree with you that with the line of credit, it's important to have it. And the thing about lines of credit, this is a, um, and I'll shut up after this, no but good. they are meant to be short term pieces of debt. Right. So mm-hmm. they're meant to be borrowed on in a short term manner. Mm-hmm. If you buy a piece of equipment, now that's a long term asset, it deserves a long-term piece of debt. But a short-term piece of debt should be just that. It should be short-term. So it ebbs and flows with your receivables and your inventory, but it shouldn't be something that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, something that I've, I've learned. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that some lessons are, are more painful than others, but it's, right. it's, uh, it's uh, but that's a, that's a good, good question. So thanks so much for uh, doing this. We'll have to do it again. Okay. My pleasure.
Yeah. All right. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Great job. That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. What's up?